Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. I am so glad that we're together and we are diving into our second part of this two-part series called Realign Your Mind. Last week, Jesus taught us about treasure. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, Jesus taught us that our time, our talents, our money are all a part of the resources that God gives to us. And I encouraged you to think about treasure as a chest. And this week, we're actually moving into what Jesus would see as the second part of this teaching. Often, when we hear Jesus say, where your treasure is, your heart will also be, we think that's just a, a standalone message. But this is great. This is actually part two where Jesus moves from our treasure to what it means to trust in him. And to help us, I told you last week, we were going to talk about a compass. Let me give you some interesting insights. A compass is a piece of metal that has been magnetized, so it will turn toward the Earth's magnetic pole. The Earth has a North Pole and a South Pole, and we use a compass to find our direction north. A compass works because the Earth is a gigantic magnet. When you use a compass, you're in connection with the very center of our planet. The earliest known compass, China, 200 BC. Sailors were the early adopters of this earliest version of the compass, but Europeans were the ones who laid out the rest of the points, north, south, east, and west. And then what about this? Together, a map and a compass become a superpower. All great historical discoveries have been made possible because of a compass. Today, the compass is in everything. It is literally how we find our way across the earth. Now, I was doing the math. I was looking at this, and I think I have at least 10 compasses. I'm a compass guy, uh, although I realized I didn't have one in my truck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that uh, this week. But can we do this? As we're moving from treasure to trust in part two of the series, what would happen if we began to think of God's kingdom as our true north? What would happen if the center of all that we care about and everything we live for was rooted in God's kingdom and Jesus himself becomes our compass for trust. Now, the question I'm asking and answering today is, who do you trust? Where, where, is, your, where is your magnetic true north in your life? Because here's what I realized for me. If I didn't have Jesus Christ as the center of my life, I would be going in all directions. But Jesus realigns my mind. When I begin to get off course, 
The kingdom of God is my compass. God helps me realign and go in his direction. But to do that, to understand trust, we're going to go into Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, and I'm going to give us three decisions that we have to make to continue to move in the direction that God wants us to move. Let's, let's get started. Now remember, Jesus is giving us part two. That's why it begins in verse 25 with the word, therefore. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour, to your life? Here's decision number one. Let God realign your focus. If we're going to realign our mind, and if we're going to really get uh, in alignment with the direction that God wants us to go, it's a continuation of what we said last week. What you see is what you get. What are we looking at? Who are we looking at? Where is the direction of our life headed? Now, Jesus is very simplistic. Don't you love that about him? I do. When Jesus talks about this, he says, now, now listen, we've talked about all the resources and treasure that God's given to you. They're his. He's the one that has given everything to us. So why are you worried? Do you ever worry? I, I thought this was interesting. Did you know that 18% of adults in the United States, and I think it's probably even more since the pandemic, but 18% of the adults in the U.S. are overwhelmed with anxiety and worry. That, you know what that translates to? 40 million people plus who have some type of a mental health need. In fact, can I stop here before we even go any further? Can we just push pause? If you're struggling with worry and anxiety to the point that you are actually having a difficulty of living life, living life to the full, will you please find a counselor? Will, will you please allow God to use other people, doctors, trained professionals to help you be able to recenter your true north. Now, that, okay, take it off pause. That's important. The word worry literally means to be tormented or suffer from disturbing thoughts. I kind of like this definition. It means to fret. Now, the history of the word worry is actually rooted in the idea of anxiety as well. That's why you see this word in, in various versions. Some versions uh, of the Bible say worry. Some say uh, a, a being anxious or having anxiety. It's a word that dates back to 900. And it originally meant, are you ready for this? To strangle bite or harass when we worry we allow things that are not in our control to overwhelm us to the point that we harass ourselves we're actually in a chokehold from worry 
And the more we fret, the more difficult it is. Jesus goes, now listen, I've talked to you about treasure. Everything is from God. You have to decide to realize that God is the source of all our blessings. But he goes, I, I love this. He goes, I know it's not easy. Jesus is saying, I know that the human nature is to be anxious or worry when we're afraid, when we can't control something. Can you relate to that? Wow, I know I can. Over the last two years, I need to get honest with you and just tell you, I have struggled more with anxiety than ever before because of the pandemic and thinking about ministry, my friends, my family, my staff, all of you in the Bridgewater family, you're so important to me. And I, I realized in the last year and a half, I needed to realign my spiritual compass. But to do that, I have to listen to what Jesus says. And I think this is great. Jesus gives this first example. He's going to give us some great insights. The first example is about birds. He goes, he goes look at the birds of the air. I want, I, I've got a vivid imagination. I wonder if a bird flew by, you know, as Jesus is, is, is looking. Sometimes we get a bird in our sanctuary. We're not sure where they come from, but it is the funniest thing. When, when we're in here working in-house in, in and we see a bird fly by, and I can't help but think, Jesus must have laughed a lot. Think of the birds, he says. There must have been a huge smile on his face. And he's like, do you think the birds worry about their food? Do you think, do you think birds are concerned? I know this may seem too simplistic, but here's what I think that Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, realign the focus of your mind. Get back in the direction God wants you to, to go. And to do that, you got to focus like the birds. You've got to look up. You have to fly free. And to do that, we must put our trust totally in God. But then he goes on and he says, and, and I got to tell you, he's kind of up in my grill a little bit with this. He says, who has added one hour to your life by worrying? I actually just sat for a few minutes and I thought, now, I must have worried at least 60 seconds back into my life somewhere, but I haven't. Have you? Have you ever worried so much or been so concerned or anxious about something that it gave you more time back in your day to fret even more? No. Jesus is saying, God values you. In fact, in this phrase, He's talking about how much more does God love us than the birds? How much more do we need to realize that God cares for us? Literally, Jesus says, you excel and surpass any bird, any creation. Hey, listen, do you have somebody close to you right now at home? Look over at him and say, you matter. You matter more than the birds. You matter more than anyone could imagine 
or dream. I even think about it. My, Kay loves birds. We have bird feeders everywhere. And you know what? The birds at our house never have to worry. She's ordering seed all the time. She's filling up the feeders. And I thought, you know what? It's the same way for us. When we realign our focus, God is right here. There are people he's got lined up to help take care of us. If God loves the birds that much, how much more does he love us? But listen now. Worry and fretting is not going to get us in alignment with God. Our spiritual compass, our true north, has to be God's kingdom. And we've got to realign our minds and focus on him. So, Jesus isn't done. I, I want to read this as we're making this transition. Someone said, worrying won't stop the bad stuff from happening. It just stops you from enjoying the good. This is the direction that Jesus is going as we think about the next part of the, the passage. In Matthew 6, 28, Jesus says, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here's our second choice. Let God realign your emotions. Oh, wow. This is huge. Let God realign your emotions. Now, I, I want to actually take the passage and show you what Jesus is getting at. And it starts with wildflowers. It starts with the lilies of the field. Think of the most beautiful thing that you love to look at. In God's eyes, nothing is more beautiful than even the lilies of the field in his creation. And by the way, I, I would say so. How much more beautiful are we to God. And Jesus knows his audience. He realizes that there were women probably listening who had wildflowers or the lilies of the field in their hair. But he also knew that these were the same flowers a day or two later these, these women would take out of their hair and use to start their cooking fires. And yet, Jesus says, none of this beauty is a waste of God's time. Now, as I'm plowing through this and I'm thinking about what Jesus is saying, he really is letting us know that if God cares about the beauty of a hillside flower, how much more does he care about us? And then he says, so why do you worry? But he adds something. Oh, you of little faith. What, is, what does faith have to do with all of this? I want to give you a trust kingdom principle called reaping and sowing. It's very simplistic. Whatever we put or whoever we put our trust in, that's what we reap and that's what we sow. So for instance, if we have faith in God, and we trust God, he's our compass, our true north, then we will put our faith in him, even when we're struggling. 
And when we do that, we're sowing seeds of faith. And then God says, you're going to reap blessings that are, are just incredible. Okay. But Jesus is saying right now, the struggle that you guys are having, you're sowing in worry. You're sowing in negativity. If, you're, if you have uh, negative thoughts, negative attitudes, and that's where we put our energy, what do you think we're going to get out of it? And that's why Jesus is really saying, and I put it this way because it helps me, not only do I need to realign my focus, I need to realign my emotions. I need to realize that if I'm going to have faith and not worry, I've got to understand emotionally what I'm doing with my feelings. Now, when we begin to rely on our emotions, which, let's, let's be honest, a lot of our feelings are unreliable, whatever we rely on, that is what we receive. And specifically, what Jesus wants us to do he wants us to understand that when we're anxious or our feelings are in control, it creates a selfish agenda. And it's, it's, it's really like a garbage disposal that wants you to keep feeding it. And you know what? Long before garbage disposals, Jesus said, so why are you worried about food? Now he's going to make a point here that we don't want to overlook. Jesus is actually saying, you are so concerned about what you eat. I get it. If you're poor, if, you, if, if, if you're a whole, totally agricultural society, and you have drought, there's no rain, I'm sure there were people looking at Jesus like, well, of course we're worried about what we're going to eat. But Jesus says, is that literally helping you? Feeding on worry instead of putting our faith in him. Now, then he says, what about clothes? What about clothes? Have you ever thought about this? What do you dress yourself in emotionally every morning when you get up? Do you put on a robe of joy? I know, maybe it sounds a little corny, but do you put on a robe of joy? Do you... Do you get up and say, oh, I have to go to work, instead of saying, I get to go to work. <laughs> Man, I rolled out of bed early this morning, and I, I have to tell you, I was tired. And I was praying and working through uh, some, some quiet time with God out on my deck. And I was thinking, man, I, I'm going to go and get ready for church. And, and God's like, Aren't you the one that just wrote the message? What, what am I going to clothe myself in? Man, I got all dressed up for this morning. I got a shower. Aren't you glad? I mean, I shaved. I brushed my teeth. I put on clean clothes. Why don't we do that spiritually? What are we going to do to realign our emotions? Jesus says, listen, you need to realize that you have a choice. We can dress ourselves in mismatched clothes of worry or we can put on a, a 
outfit of trust that helps us go in the direction that God is leading us. But the villain to all of this is worry. I can't wait to tell you the secret weapon. Are you ready for this? Matthew chapter 6, 33 through 34, Jesus closes out by saying, But, was I loud enough? But, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, I love this. Third choice. We have to realign our focus, realign our emotions, and if Jesus is going to be our perfect north, the kingdom of God is going to be the direction that we go, we need to let God realign our time. Let God realign your time. Now, I, I want to expand our thinking here for just a minute. The word seek literally means to desire in order to find. So, what have you been doing with your time lately? It's tempting, isn't it, to binge a show on, on uh, Netflix or Hulu or Prime? Sometimes I, I'm just trying to get a little bit of re-energizing re going on. I I'm not even sure that's a word. And, and you know what I do? I walk away and I say, what did that do for me, that time that I spent? Sometimes, I, I'm sure this isn't you, but sometimes I, I play games on my phone. I like the bubble game. I downloaded it because of my granddaughter. And then I realized I like it as much as she does. But you know what? It doesn't take long before 10 or 15 minutes have gone by. And, and you know what? The bubble game didn't change my life. I want you to think about time in an eternal way of thinking seek first what am i seeking we have this tendency to measure time on earth in days hours uh, minutes did you know that there's 1444 minutes in a day what do we do with it if we're going to take the treasure that Jesus talked about last week. All of our time, our talents, our resources. What are we going to do with that in order to expand God's kingdom? Because if we're not expanding God's kingdom, what am I doing with my time? Where am, where am I spending it? And please don't misunderstand me. There are some beautiful things that happen with God when you're sitting on your deck with a fresh cup of coffee. And you know, I haven't done it in a while, but I love to lay in a hammock and just take a nap. I'm not saying those things aren't good, but you know where I'm headed on this. Come on. If we're going to put our trust in God, we have to realign our time. And can I use the word prioritize? Are we going to prioritize the things that God has anointed and blessed to expand our lives and help us move in his direction things like church you spending time with us online it's invaluable and we love you for it worshiping together maybe 
uh, spending some quality time with family? And what about getting into God's word? 721, I haven't said it in a long time. Spending seven minutes a day with God, looking for two insights and then one application based on Matthew 7, uh, verse 21. Why do I say all of this to us? It's very simple. We have to learn to trust God. We have to learn to trust him. Where's your spiritual compass leading you? And if you don't believe in God, can I lovingly ask, who is the focus of your trust? My mom, before she passed away, she gave me a little book. It's a daily devotional by a man named E. Stanley Jones. And when she handed it to me, I said, Mom, this is, this is awesome. She knows how much I love books. But I really had not been introduced to the writings of E. Stanley Jones, who lived from the early last century into, I believe, the 70s. And he was a missionary to India that, through the power of God and trusting in Jesus, he helped to bring about change in an entire country. And my mom handed me this book. And you know when I opened the cover, you know what I discovered? He signed it. Now that's a big deal to this guy right here. And I said, Mom, where did you get this? She said, I met Pastor uh, Jones at a book signing. And he gave me the book and signed it. And she goes, Drew, I want you to have it. Man, it's a treasured, treasured possession for me. But did you know that E. Stanley Jones almost did not become the world changer that God used him to be? And do you know why? He put his trust in worry instead of putting his trust in God. And he was a pastor. I want to read you something. He writes... In my time in India, I was suffering so severely from brain fatigue and nervous exhaustion that I collapsed, not once, but several times. He was just a young man, but he says, aboard ship returning to America, I collapsed again and the doctor of the ship put me to bed. After a year's rest, I thought I was ready to return to India but I became a bundle of nerves the minute that I, I landed at uh, Bombay, which is Mumbai today. He said, one night I was praying and I was groping in emotional darkness. And E. Stanley Jones said, it was like I heard God's voice. And God said, are you yourself ready? for the work that I've called you to. And I love, I love Pastor when he said, no Lord. E. Stanley Jones said, I'm done for, I've reached the end of my resources. His treasure was spent. Then he said, I heard God again. If you will turn everything over to me and stop worrying about it 
then I'll take care of it. Now, come on. E. Stanley Jones was thinking, is it that simple? And then in a moment, out loud, he said in response, Lord, I close the bargain right here. Immediately, peace over, overwhelmed his mind and his heart. He plunged back into his work, and on my bookshelf, church, I have volumes of small devotionals that my mom had, had sewn into my heart and mind with her little book. And I've read so much of E. Stanley Jones, and I realized that what he wrote was true. Can I read this to you? He said, this one thing I know, my life was completely transformed and uplifted that night in prayer, when at the depth of my weakness and depression, a voice said to me, if you will turn that over to me and not worry about it, I will take care of it. And I replied, Lord, I close the bargain right here. Church, listen to me. Please, friends, hear this. If you're like me, maybe you're just tired. Perhaps you're exhausted. You're spent. The treasure that God has given to you, you feel like there's nothing left in your treasure chest to pull out. Resources are gone. And so then we begin to worry. Where's our next meal going to come from? And we look at a bird in the air and think, well, they're not worried. We get up in the morning and we start to clothe ourselves in worry, anxiety, anger, frustration, instead of putting on the robe of joy. Jesus said, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothes. Realign your mind. Seek first his kingdom. Come on, is it that easy? Yeah. It starts there. It's a beginning. Don't withdraw. Worry, worry and anxiety make us withdraw. We have a tendency to, to isolate ourselves. Don't do that. Get together with friends and family. Know that the Bridgewater family is here for you. And let's seek God first. Let's let Jesus and God's kingdom become our true north compass. And each and every day, let's do what E. Stanley Jones did and agree with God that we'll trust him and let's seal the bargain right now in prayer. Can I pray for you? God, I needed this today. I needed to be with my church family. I needed to just hear your voice, Jesus. I've been, I've been running ragged with some things in my life, and, and I just want to get recentered. And I need that spiritual compass that only you can give. I seal the deal right now, God, and I'm praying for all of my friends and family that they would say, right now, Jesus, we seal the bargain. The deal is set. We will put our trust in you. You will be our compass, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, financially, materially. You are our Father, 
bring peace right now. Let peace settle over all of us. And may we choose to seek first your kingdom. And all these things will be added to us. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I love you. I hope this message helped and encouraged you to put your faith in God. Call us. Reach out to us. Reach out to Pastor Liz online. You're not alone. And you know, if, you get, if you're prompted to say, Pastor Liz, will you pray for me? Do it. Do it. She'll do it right now. She's a wonderful prayer warrior. Listen, you're not alone. We're here for you. And we love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.